ओम ज्ञान be a member of this movement but if you if you don't have the proper attitude of service and surrender to krishna and krishna won't reveal himself you may think by reading many books i've become very advanced i saw i know so many things and you may know so many things but knowing by reading books and understanding by getting krishna's mercy are two different things yasya deve parabhakti yatha deve tatha guru kasyaiti katita hiyarta prakashante mahatma One who has firm faith in Guru and Krishna, then all the imports of Vedic knowledge are revealed to him within the heart. Realization. Realization and book learning are two different things. Therefore, Bhaktisthan Sasvartako, he actually, even though he was vastly learned himself, and actually many of his, not many, some of his disciples were, vast, they were very learned also, but he, he discouraged, don't read so many books. What are you going to do reading Vedas and so many different things? Who you learn even if you learn it what's the use you can't use it for preaching because no one knows these things he stressed more on hearing he didn't encourage us to listen reading so many books our prophet he did he said you read my books he stressed on hearing also actually that we know that asansar tagavan prophet once said that actually my guru maharaj he wrote his books for me so i can read then prophet gave his books jagannath das kavich Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj also. Two people came to him to be disciples. Not actually disciples, they hardly gave initiation. But anyway, he, uh, he engaged them in working in the garden in Mayapur. So they, he just, that's all. So they went on like this for some weeks and months. They said, after some time, they asked him, aren't you going to explain to us some of the esoteric matters of Krishna? And he said, no. You work in the garden. When you're ready, when, when you're ready, then I'll explain. You're not ready, so you just do some service. So, uh, how to understand Krishna? By service, that promise. Sevan Mukhaji, by service attitude. Therefore, Prabhupada, he writes that the spiritual master trains the disciples in a service attitude. And we want to see who is serving Krishna. Not that uh, we simply want to produce a group of sophisticated scholars. Or we want to produce a, cl- a priestly class. No. May become a sophisticated scholar for service. Otherwise there's no use. We've seen several of our godbrothers. Scholars, they know a lot of things. but uh yeah off the wall as we say they've gone away from the proper concept of krishna consciousness because they became infatuated with, with not knowledge knowledge that can be very dangerous also that can be one attraction of maya to learn more and more and more things as a kind of sense gratification so you learning in itself is a kind of pleasure but unless that's fully dovetailed in krishna's service 
and it also becomes a kind of sense gratification that you just enjoy to read, oh, now I know some more and more things. It becomes an infatuation. But if you become infatuated like that, and you become impressed by, by mundane scholars, you, 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 inter- you associate with them, and, and you become on the platform of, of uh, honey bottle licking. You become on that platform. And you think you can... Ju- what happens is you think you can judge everything by your brain, by your own intellect. You doubt even the, the acharyas or even the shastras. And you come completely to the mundane platform. Just like one of our supposed to be god-brothers. He became so much infatuated with this that uh, now he's publishing books, but he probably doesn't even realize it himself because that's the nature of Maya. You don't realize what's going on. He thinks he's, it's his devotional service, but it's full of offenses and mistakes and he thinks he's preaching. So we have to be very careful. Therefore, service attitude. We, we, we were reading how Harikesh Maharaj, he was saying he couldn't understand that Prabhupada was so heavy with him. Later he understood. Hridayananda Maharaj couldn't understand why Prabhupada was ignoring him. He said, uh, then Prabhupada just gave that one line. Don't try to enjoy, serve. So the whole matter is service. Of course, within bhakti, there is hearing, understanding philosophy. But that that is not something separate from bhakti. That is within the process of bhakti. Hearing so that we can become more convinced, so that we serve with full surrender. And hearing so we understand philosophy, so that we can preach. And hearing about Krishna so we become more and more attracted to Krishna. And then on the higher levels, one is actually, or even on this level, is attracted to hear the pastimes of Krishna. So we gain a desire for entering into those pastimes. But not just uh, hearing on them, a mental platform. Service. Do service. Be busy. Keep busy. Everyone should be busy in Krishna's service. So busy, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean running around, uh, doing a lot of running here and there. That may be also. But it may mean also studying, writing, typesetting, so many different things. The point is, everyone should be engaged in Krishna's service. And when uh, we're engaged in Krishna's service, then automatically uh, Krishna reveals knowledge from within the heart. And automatically we, we feel a taste. Krishna consciousness is so nice. So then we don't want to engage in sense gratification. It's, the, the detachment comes not by performing severe austerities. The Mayavadis, they have to perform severe austerities because they have to become detached from sense gratification. Their path is miserable. They have to perform all severe austerities. Even then, they don't get any proper result. But devotee, he engages in Krishna's service. And automatically, he does, automatically controls the tongue and sleeping and all these things. Well, he doesn't want to overeat because anyway, he's satisfied in Krishna's service, so he doesn't need sense gratification. He doesn't want to overeat because he thinks then my service will be impaired, I'll sleep more, my health will be bad. So he, he controls. Well, he doesn't want to sleep. Why should I sleep? I'd rather be awake as much as possible to serve Krishna. So eating, sleeping and mating, that's minimized or stopped. 
And defending? What is there to defend? Only your false body to be defended if there's physical fighting. Or false ego. Most of the most of the fighting in the animal kingdom also does it's not actual physical fighting, just like you see dogs. So humans also. So devotees. All right. You want to go. You can say whatever you want. That's all right. That uh, in uh, Vedic culture, those who are cultured, if uh, if someone unfairly or unnecessarily speaks to them, you may try to explain. But if they're unreasonable, you simply say, Mahapurusha, I am a Maha. You are a great person, I offer my respects to you. And you go. And leave them to be on the platform of false ego. And you have no problem. Easier said than done. Anyway, eating, sleeping, mating and defending are automatically overcome. If one has a taste for Krishna consciousness. Automatic. This gives us good hope. By rendering devotional service under the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, one immediately acquires causeless knowledge and detachment from this world. Causeless. Jnanam chayad ahaitukam. That means our own study is not the cause. But Krishna's mercy is the cause. So we have to, of course, act in such a way. We say that's the whole discussion in the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Cat philosophy or monkey philosophy? Majra Nyai or Markata Nyai? Should we simply wait for the mercy of God or should we act so that we'll, we'll become liberated? So actually we're, all to, we're dependent on the mercy of God. But, but Bhakti, the, the process of Bhakti means we have to act in such a way to invoke the mercy of God. Otherwise, that example, if you think, well, there's no need for me to go to college. I'll just wait for them to give me an honorary degree because I'm such a great guy. It doesn't happen. You have to do your work. When you get your work, I'll give you a degree. That also they may not. Even if you study, they may not admit you as a doctor. Right? It's not simply by passing. But if, you're, if your character is not good, you won't be admitted as a doctor. So, also you have to see. You may follow all the rules and regulations of bhakti, but ultimately it's dependent on the mercy of Krishna, whether he awards you devotional service or not. Hare Krishna. Is there any question? Are these uh, six darshanas only existing in Kalika? No, no, no. They're practically, they don't, even, they don't exist in Kali Yuga. I mean, at least those... They do, but uh, just like nowadays. Who is, who is there propounding these different philosophies? Who is... Most people don't even know they exist. Yoga? Well, who is actually following yoga? Karan and monks? I mean, no one actually knows. Who knows? Maybe in the university one or two people know this idea. And people have some vague idea. There may be some people have a vague idea of it. Whatever. I mean, even this is, even though it's all nonsense, 
It's high class compared to what people are doing nowadays. Just like if you say Advaitavad, what Shankaracharya was teaching is actually very high, high class compared to what the, the modern so-called Mayavadis, Jyotamat Tatapat. They are not being mentioned as uh, anything that he speculated. They are speculated upon. They are misunderstanding by the different sixths. Yeah. Just the, but still, they are called Darshan. Revelations are also different ways. Well, the word Darshan can have different meaning. The inherent meaning is, is that which illumines. So, people, but it may also mean a philosophy, a, uh, a system of philosophy. It's not even, it's not even um, philosophy as we know it in the Western world, where there are philosophers, they don't actually have a, a, a system of philosophy. They actually have a system of philosophy in which all the different points are considered. And it, it's actually a whole system of understanding. So that... That's one of the meanings of darshan may mean that because actually it does. In those who follow that path, they feel as if they're getting illumination from it. They see the world through the eyes of the particular darshan that they're following. So they feel like that. And uh, some illumination is there. It's practically useless, but some, even if they follow the Vedic rules and regulations, even with the wrong philosophy, still they're in a better position than those who don't follow the Vedic philosophy at all. Because at least there's a chance. Uh, well, one thing is, by, by following the Vedic culture, one thing is, one tends to respect, even superficially, the forms of the deities. Uh, he tends to respect sadhus. The culture is there. So they get some benefit. Benefit me. They'll especially get benefit if Vaishnavas come. If it's just like karma kanda, okay, planted trees on the side of the road, you get some pious effects. So one day, Madhvacharya may be going, walking up to Badrinath, and he also rests under the tree or walks along the avenue of trees that you planted. So you get some benefit of bhakti. It's called Agyata Sukriti. You don't know you're getting even you may have died, the tree is there, you you left your body and went somewhere else. But you the soul who planted that tree gets some unknown benefit. That there's different kinds of Sukriti. One of them is Bhakti Unmukhi, one that is favorable for development of pure devotional service. There's also Moksha Unmukhi, that which leads towards moksha. And there's also bhogan, bhogan muki, that which leads towards material sense gratification. So if you get that unknown devotional advancement, that builds up and builds up and builds up gradually until you come to a point that if you come in contact with a pure devotee of Krishna, then you, you appreciate what he says and you follow it. That's why you see that great acharyas, they preach widely. Some people take it up, some don't. Why? Why some people relish it and appreciate it and others don't? Those in, in previous lives have developed some pious activities conducive to devotional service. 
Another thing is if they're within the Vedic system, uh, then you can also argue on the basis of that. That means that uh, Ramanuja, Madhvacharya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they were discussing, they, they may have met, just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he met, it is described in Chaitanya Jyotamrita, followers of Kamimamangsha, Yoga, Sankhya, and different philosophers. But he defeated them on the base of the Vedas and converted them to his cult. So you can, at least if they superficially follow the Vedas, then when an Acharya comes, he can convince you on the basis of Shastra. Well, if he spoke the totality, then they, they would have all become pure devotees. But they, they're all great personalities, but they're, they have some attraction towards these different systems of philosophy. Therefore, they propagate it. They may themselves know that this is not the ultimate highest truth also. But they have some attraction to that way that we see. We see also that it's, in our society there are people who even they know it's not the highest or the best thing to do. But they follow that anyway. Because they feel some attraction. But then, others, what comes is that people, because everyone wants to think that what I'm doing is the best. So, uh, then others will come and say, well, actually, this is the best. And in the Vedic literature, there are, everything is said to be the best. Household of life. This is the best ashram. And many statements in Shastra, because then you you can follow dharma, artha, karma, and when you're ka, when you're satisfied, then only you can go for moksha. So actually, for some people, it is best to be in the household of ashram. Intrinsically, no. Intrinsically, it doesn't make any difference which ashram you're in, because one has to develop pure devotion for Krishna. But for becoming detached from this material world, uh, or or for practicing pure devotional service, if you're to choose any ashram, then generally. The uh, sannyasa ashram is the best, but then not everyone is ready for that. Therefore, yes, it may be best. So different places in the Shastra, different things are said to be the best. The Yoga Shastra says, yes, this is the best. But then that, that's why if you, have, you have to analyze all the scriptures, take it as a whole, and then you see what is actually the best. Nigamakalpatara, Dalitambala. This is when Vyasadeva came to the end of everything, then he wrote... Bhagavatam. Then he said, this is the best. And he showed why this is the best. No, you'll see in the Bhagavatam it's described that after doing all these things he composed Bhagavatam. Yeah. That was his last activity. Last. Means he already had the Bhagavatam. Spoke to Shukadev. Shukadev again spoke it. 
Then again, then Vyasadeva wrote it down, actually. Otherwise, he spoke it before. Final version he gave. Final version means for this planet, for this yuga. Oh no, sorry, after, after Sutta Goswami spoke it, Naimesh Aranya. Then he spoke, then he wrote it. Hmm. This is described in the beginning of Bhakti Stansasar Thakur's commentary on Bhagavatam. That was your question? No, because Shukadev mixed it up with the Shukamakar and with the Dravasamyutam. It became sweeter by Shukadev speaking. So he added some of his realization also. I didn't personally read this in the commentary, but I was told this. I, I asked one learned, learned Gorya Vaishnav scholar. Well, many of the verses are not... Actually, many of the, you see, many of the verses in Bhagavatam, all, all the knowledge, it's coming down from time immemorial. So sometimes you'll find Chitraketu speaks it, or Maitreya speaks it. But all this knowledge is eternal. So Vyasadeva writes it down, means he's, he's the compiler of the Vedas. But originally this knowledge comes from, from Krishna. And it's spoken by different sages at different times and Vyasadeva puts it all together. This much I've heard. That's how Gorya Vaishnava explanation. There may be other people who explain in different ways, in different sampradayas, but as, uh, as I've heard from what I consider to be a reliable source, he told us. There are different versions of Bhagavatam also. That's why you'll see Sometimes in the Purple Prabhupada writes that in some editions this word is slightly different, which gives a slightly different meaning. Or usually the word is slightly different and it gives a different inflection of meaning, but ultimately the meaning is the same. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, any the, the the Vedic knowledge is on a is intrinsically on a higher platform than anything else. See, even Karmakanda they recognize not not very clearly, but they recognize Vishnu as supreme. Is Christianity? What are they doing? They're not praying for pure devotional service. 
they, they want to go to heaven to enjoy life. So karma kanda is, uh, they have no idea of unmotivated devotional service to God. They don't, so karma kanda, you could say Christianity is, the motive of, Christ, of Christianity is uh, similar to karma kanda, but karma kanda's, karma kanda section of the Vedas is, uh, it's uh, more advanced. I never heard such a thing and I never saw such a thing as a devout Christian. Where is that? Where is that? Where is that devout Christian? Where did you hear that? I never heard it. It's pretty, pretty, uh, you, have to, you have to be pretty good to go to the sun planet. It's not such an easy thing. Prabhupada said the followers of Jesus, he was asked, what happens if they think of Jesus in time? They say, Prabhupada said, they'll go to where Jesus is. Where did you hear that? They go to the sun planet. He may have done, but I never heard it. There are so many Prabhupada says. <laughs> but these meat eaters, how are they going to go to the sun planet? That may be, I never heard such a thing. I never heard such a thing. I never heard such a thing. It's generally it's difficult to understand where anyone goes. Because you don't know actually their consciousness. It's very difficult to tell what anyone else's consciousness is and what Krishna awards for them. It's very difficult to say where anyone goes. Prabhupada, even about his own disciple Jayananda, said if after he, he wrote a letter to him after he passed away, he said, If you were fully Krishna conscious without any material desires, then you went back to Godhead. If you had any tinge of material desire, then you, you've gone to the heavenly planets and you'll get a good birth in, in your next life to continue your Krishna consciousness. The Prophet said, but I think you went back to Godhead. So it's difficult to say. About one of Prabhupada's godbrothers who was always envious of Prabhupada, very envious. Some, some devotee asked Prabhupada, where did he go? after he passed away. Prabhupada said he went back to Godhead. He said, how is that possible? By Guru Maharaj's mercy. Did a lot of service. Even when he was doing service, he was stealing money and so Even during the time both distances were talking. Then he made so much politics. He was one of the main people responsible for the split of the Gauriya Mat. He was very envious of Prabhupada. Prabhupada said he went back to Godhead. 